Welcome, everybody. Good to be with you. Hey, if you're new, there are QR codes in the pockets in front of you. If you wouldn't mind, scan that and uh, just let us know that you're with us. We would appreciate that. And then for all the folks that are watching online, welcome. Um, it's an honor that you would choose to be a part of what we're doing here at Orchard Hills. But uh, this is week three of our series, which is really called God's Will for You. And um, we began really looking at what his general will is for all of us. Um, we're not getting into the specifics of that for us personally, but just what is his general revelation? What is his will for us? And we're looking at three short verses in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. If you want to follow along, feel free. It's verses 16 through 18, and, and it simply says this. It says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. In Christ Jesus. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so we established at the beginning that, that first and foremost, God's will for you, his will for me, is for us to be in Christ Jesus. That means for us to be in a relationship <clears throat> excuse me, with Jesus, to be followers of Jesus. That's his primary will, because without that, we can never realize the rest of his will for our lives that we have to be in Christ Jesus first so that we gain, first of all, his presence. His spirit comes and lives within us when that is the truth. And then we also gain his promise of eternal life with him in this place of paradise, which we often call heaven. And we also gain his perspective. We see things in this world differently because now we have his perspective. And so it's critical that we are found to be in Christ Jesus. Now, Beyond that, we started looking at some of um, his will for us, and we talked about how his will for us is to rejoice always, to be joyful people, that that's a choice we get to make, and um, we spent a week on that. And then last week, we moved into the next section where it talks about praying continually. What does it look like to pray without ceasing, to uh, be prayerful people, and quickly realize there's no way we're going to be able to cover that in, in one session. Um, prayer is so, so broad. It's so vast. So we're going to spend a few weeks on that. This is week two of that, and I'm guessing we got at least one or two more to go on prayer because it's just that rich. Um, as we started looking at that, and, and what is prayer, we, we began with the question of who. Like, who do we pray to? Um, what, where, when, why, how should we pray? And those are the questions that we're trying to ask. Um, we grappled with the who last week and, and determined that, that we should only be praying to the one true God. Now, there's one God, but he's in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, who is Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. And while that sounds, well, it's really not all that simple, is it? But um, while, while we recognize that there's one God and three persons, so who do you direct your prayers to? You know, do you pray to the Father? Do you pray to the Son? Do you pray to the Holy Spirit? And we talked a bit about that. And um, there are some, some patterns, I think, um, that we see in the Bible about how to pray. But here's the bottom line. Just pray. Just pray. It doesn't matter if you, you pray to one versus the other because guess what? What you say to one, you say to all. The three are one, okay? So the bottom line, just pray. Because God is longing, like a parent whose child has left the house. He's just longing to hear from us. He's longing to hear from us. So 
That's where we've been. Here's where we're going today. This morning we're going to cover the what, the where, and the when of prayer. The what, the where, and the when of prayer. And to just sum that up very succinctly, um, we need to pray about anything, anywhere, at any time. Anything, anywhere, at any time. That's it. We can go home. <laughs> but if you think about it, if, if you start with, with this anything, um, I think it's important because a lot of us are confused about that. When, when we're called to pray about anything, that means there's nothing too small or seemingly inconsequential to pray about. And there's nothing too big or monumental to pray about. God's concerned about all the things, the big and the small in our lives. He, he wants us to pray about what we're going to have for breakfast. Two, are we supposed to have this career change? He cares about all of that. He cares about every minute detail of our lives. Did, did you know that, that he has numbered every hair on your head, that he cares that much about you? And clearly, looking at some of you, he cares more about some than the others. The, uh, but the, uh, you know, but like to that detail, like he cares about every hair on your head. Isn't that amazing? And so there is nothing too big or nothing too small to bring to him. Pray about anything. Now, that's sort of a, a broad word. What does that look like practically? So if you go to the Bible, you can see all kinds of prayers. Specifically, if you go to the book of Psalms, the Psalms are full of prayers, all kinds of prayers. There are prayers of praise to God and prayers of lament. There are prayers of joy and prayers of pain. There are prayers of understanding and prayers of questioning. There are prayers of need and prayers of God's provision. There are prayers of conviction and confession and prayers of repentance. There are all sorts of prayers in the book of Psalms. And so there are 150 chapters or 150 Psalms. And, and I was thinking, if you want to become a more prayerful person, maybe somewhere to start is by reading a Psalm a day. So... Imagine you just read one psalm a day and you make that your prayer and that will take you all the way through this year and into the beginning of next. And it'll begin to create a pattern of prayer in your life. You'll become a more prayerful person. Just a thought, something to consider doing. Now, psalms is not the only place in the Bible that has prayers listed. Um, you start at the beginning all the way to the end. You'll find all kinds of prayers. You'll see people that are praying for one another. You'll see people praying for the sick, people praying for strength, people praying for wisdom, people praying for God's will to be done. Interestingly, you're also going to find that we're called to pray for our enemies and, and those who abuse us. There are all kinds of prayers in the Bible. And so I encourage you to look there, to, to examine that. The bottom line is this. Pray about anything and everything. If you're wondering what to pray about, pray about anything and everything. Now, we're also to pray anywhere. Pray anywhere. 
And the Bible, it, again, is listed, of, uh, it's loaded of stories that, that list different people praying. And specifically, I love looking at Jesus, right? So if you're trying to figure out how should my life look, well, look to Jesus, and you get a great account in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. And one of the things that you'll learn about Jesus, he, he prayed. He prayed a lot, and he, he had some prayers where he'd go to secluded places, right? So you'd see him praying on mountaintops, and you'd see him praying on, on, on seashores or, or in gardens, or you, you'd see him encouraging people to just go and pray in the closet of all places. So you see these secluded prayers, but you also see that he prayed in public. He, he would pray in synagogues or churches, if you will. He, he prayed in the midst of thousands of people. He prayed at the dinner table. He prayed in the marketplace. He prayed on the streets. Anywhere he was, he prayed. Whether he was alone or with other people, he prayed. About anything, anywhere. Now, one of the things that I... I've come to enjoy doing and encourage others to do, and you've heard me speak of this if you've been around for a while, is, is to just encourage people to pray anywhere. Anywhere you encounter people, just pray with them and pray for them. Um, I, I love the grocery store. Like, that is one of my favorite places. So you go there, and, and you're forever running into people in the grocery store, right? And uh, Oftentimes, you'll run into somebody, and you start talking, and they start to share what's going on in their life, and maybe they're, they're sharing some things that they've really been struggling with and dealing with, and quite often, if you're a good church kind of person, you'll say, well, I'll pray for you, right? Well, stop that, all right? Just stop saying that and start just praying for them right then and there. Say, can I pray for you right here? And and they'll be probably taken aback. You know, you may be in the frozen food section at the moment, right? And you're like, can we just, can I just stop and pray for you? And, and they're like, okay. And, and so just pray a short little prayer right there. Whether you're in, in the frozen food section, <clears throat> you're in the checkout line, just stop and pray anywhere. Or, or how about the gym? The gym is another great place. Lots of you guys go to the gym and when you're at the gym, a lot of times you spend talking to other people, right? Some of you spend more time talking than you do working out, and so you need to work on that piece. But, the, uh, but oftentimes when you're talking to other people, they start to share. You're building this relationship, and inevitably, they'll maybe share some joys of what's going on in their life, and they may share some sorrows. What a great opportunity to just stop and say, hey, could I say a quick prayer for you? I have yet to be rejected. I've yet to be rejected. Every time I've ever done that, the people have said yes. Now, it feels a little odd and uncomfortable, but it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. How about at work or school? Think about it. We spend the majority of our waking hours at work or school, and yet we've been led to believe that prayer is off limits in those places, right? Haven't we been told you can't pray in school and you can't pray in the workplace? That's a lie, at least according to God, and even if you understand the Constitution, right? You can pray at work and you can pray at school. And if we're going to become people that are prayerful, that are praying continually, 
We're going to need to pray at work, and we're going to need to pray at school. And so I love hearing stories where people are actually doing this, and they're stepping out. And uh, like the Ellie Hammers and the Sarah Beth Milkos who, who have shared stories with me where they prayed for people. And, and they're so excited. Like those are the stories that are going to stay with you. Those are the stories that you're going to want to tell over and over and over again because they're impactful to you. Prayer is powerful, and it makes a difference. And it doesn't just make a difference to you and in your life. It makes a difference to those you pray for. If you've ever done this, haven't you seen people just break down and start crying? Just simply because you said a little prayer for them. Prayer is powerful. We need to pray anywhere we encounter people. And I'm willing to bet if we will be so bold to really listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and then we will respond accordingly, I bet you it's going to be some of those moments that you cherish more than, than anything else. It's kind of like um, last week I used the Alexa as an illustration of what it looks like to pray continually. And, and what about Alexa? Well, she's always listening, right? And she's always ready to respond. And that's what we need to really develop. We need to be always listening, whether it's at the grocery store, in the gym, at work or school, always listening and ready to respond and willing to do that. And when we do, I'm telling you, those will be memories and times that we will forever cherish. So um, we need to do that. At, at random times, but we also need to um, really have some planned times, some very intentional times. So, uh, for instance, I think it's important if you look at the life of Jesus, you'll notice that he got up early and he would go to a solitary place just to pray, to talk to God the Father and to listen to him. And so I think that's an important pattern for our lives that we get up before we have to be somewhere and we're rushing around, that we get up a little earlier and we just find a secluded place, wherever that may be, and we just talk to God. We talk to him, and maybe more importantly, we listen to him. Before the busyness of our day overwhelms us, take some time, intentional time, each and every day to spend with God in prayer. For me, that means on most days I got to get up at 4.15 in the morning because I want to pray and I want to read my Bible before I go off to the gym or off to the job. And so it means I don't sleep as much as some. For others of you, I know I've heard stories where you've decided, you know, I've got this commute time. Instead of listening to a podcast or listening to the radio, I'm just going to pray. And some of that will be me talking to God and some of that will be me listening to God. The bottom line is this. I think before, the, again, the busyness of the day overwhelms us, set aside some intentional time for just you and God. Talk to him. More importantly, listen to him. I also think it's important that we set aside time throughout the day, that we create some of these rhythms to our day. So maybe at lunchtime, set aside a minute, two minutes, that's it. Just set that aside and say, I'm going to set aside that time every day just to pray. And that may mean that um, you've got to go out to your car and sit there for a minute or two. It may mean that you've got to go into the restroom and shut the door and 
That's where you find your prayer time and your solitude and your quiet. If you're fortunate to have a, a door and an office, maybe it means you shut the door and you just have a minute or two of prayer. But begin to create some of those rhythms, those routines, those intentional times of prayer. Pray before you go to bed. Um, a lot of you parents do this with your children, right? That, that's a routine and a rhythm that we've established with our children. And now our little boys aren't so little anymore. They're 11, 12, and 13 years old. But we established that rhythm. And even now that I go to bed before them, um, oftentimes, if I haven't prayed with them before I went to bed, they will come into my room. And they'll be like, Dad, could you say a prayer for me? I mean, that is so sweet. Like, I, I love for my boys to come in and, and say, would you pray for me? Like, they recognize the value of it. It's part of our rhythm. That's what it begins to look like as we pray more continually, as we become prayerful people. We need to be intentional about that. There are other opportunities, not just during your day, but a, as you look at your week, maybe you can get together with a group of men or a group of women Maybe it's one morning a week or one evening a week, and you have some prayer time together. Maybe you're a part of a life group, and, and you guys get together on a weekly basis and pray together. There's an opportunity, 8 o'clock on Sunday mornings here. Sam Belcher and others gather here to just pray for the church. And, and I want to encourage it. Not many people do it. But there, there's a pair of sisters, Ruth and Sue are their names, and they show up here faithfully, 8 o'clock on Sunday mornings, and they come and they just pray for the church. And then after 20 or 30 minutes, you know what they do? They get in their car and they go to another church. They don't even stay, but they care enough to come and pray. Isn't that impressive? If they're willing to do that, shouldn't maybe some of us who stay pray? Just a thought. Hey, uh, there's other routines that we can set up during the week. For instance, I, I'm fortunate. So if you look on my calendar, at, on Tuesdays, every Tuesday from 9 to 10, I've got it blocked off, and it's a time of prayer with Sue Vincent and, and Donna Cudworth. And they're in charge of our prayer ministry at the church. And so we have this standing um, just meeting where we're going to gather together, and we're going to pray for each other, and we're going to pray for the church. We're going to pray for many of you all an hour every week. It's just a standing meeting that I have, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, some people have set aside a day, at, at least, you know, during the year, where it's just a day away to pray. And, and when you first hear that, if you're new to prayer, you're probably thinking, what in the world would I pray about for that long? And it's amazing how God will meet you in that time, and he will just fill it up. To the point where you're like, I need more time. Like a day was not enough. I, I need like a weekend. And who knows what God might do as he teaches us what it means to pray continually, to be prayerful people. So what should we pray about? Anything and everything. Where? Anywhere. Pray anywhere. So now that leads me to the, to the next point that we're Praying for anything, anywhere, any time, at any time. And so anytime goes hand in hand with anywhere. So uh, I think we need to be waking up first thing in the morning, praying. I, I think we need to wait 
until we go to bed, pray then. And, and I was convicted of this, that I think if we become more prayerful people, that it will even affect our dreams. I, I believe it will affect what we think about when we go to sleep. And, and here's why I believe that. Remember when you were a little child? Remember your parents wouldn't allow you to watch scary movies? Why was that? Because they didn't want you to have bad dreams, right? Because they knew that if, if you put fear into your mind, then that's going to affect what you think about and even what you dream about. And so we were protected. And, and those of us who are parents, we've tried to protect our children, right, from what they're putting in their minds because we don't want them to have bad dreams. One, what's one of the things we pray about at night when we're putting them to bed? We pray for pleasant dreams. You know, pleasant dreams. Well, I think we can impact the kind of dreams that we have. Instead of putting things that are fearful in our minds, what if we started putting things that are joyful and prayerful and thankful? What if our minds were set on those types of things? Doesn't it stand to reason that if that's what our minds are full of, then that's what our dreams would be full of too? I'm telling you, if we become more prayerful people, it will affect every aspect of our lives to the point where we're praying continually, even when we're subconsciously unaware, and we find that even in our sleep, we're prayerful. We're praying continually. I bet that's true. I bet that's true. Challenge me on that. And so um, we need to learn to pray anytime, anywhere about anything. Now, I, I was thinking, maybe I'll give you an example. I am a work in progress. I'm still trying to figure out what does it really practically look like for me to pray continually, but I, I think I get little glimpses of it, so I, I thought I would just share one day in, in my life with you and how prayer played a, a role in it. And so I was thinking about last Tuesday. So this past Tuesday, I got up at 4.15 in the morning, as is my my routine. And I got up, but before I even got out of bed, I began to pray, right? And, and my prayers went like this. I, I just began by praying, God, thank you. Thank you for a good night's sleep. God, thank you for giving me the gift of another day. God, thank you that, that I am healthy enough that I can get up and go work out. And then I prayed. I was like, God, you know the plans that I have today. I've got the day planned out, but I submit them to you. I submit them to you. 4.15. 4.40. I'm in my car, and uh, that's where I find solitude, right? Some of you guys have heard those stories. So I'm in the car. I've, I've gone through. I'm reading through Matthew right now, and I'd read through Matthew, and so now I'm praying about what I had read, and then I'm also praying for my neighbors, so I've got the Bless Every Home app. Hopefully all of you do too. If you don't have it yet, just go on our website, download that app, so you begin to pray for your neighbors. So I'm praying for my neighbors during that time. Five o'clock, Carolyn and I are, are on our way to the gym together, and uh, she is texting our oldest son, Andrew, who is in Germany, and he was scheduled to come back to the States on Tuesday. And so he was giving her the details, and he said, I'm supposed to land in Baltimore at 6.30 tonight, 
and then I'm going to rent a car at this exorbitant price. If you, have you tried to rent a car lately? Try and rent one one way. Ridiculous, if you can find it. And so he's sharing this with her, and his plan is he's going to come to our house, spend the night, and then continue on to Raleigh, where he's going to be for the next two years. And, and so I just felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit. You guys ever get that? And, and I, I, I said, Carolyn, just text him back and, and ask him if he wants me to come pick him up. And, and ask him if he wants to just use my car until he can get a car of his own. So she texted him, and he texted right back, yes. <laughs> that prayer about my plans, Lord, I submit them to you. <laughs> my plans went completely out, out the window then. And so I'm like, okay, 8.05, I'm dropping Craig and Sam off at school. And I pray for them before they get out of the car, and I pray for their day. 819, I've been praying for um, Andrew Puckett, Ray Puckett's oldest son. The day before, they were in the ER. He had an infection in his elbow. I've been praying for him. I, I just want to know, how's he doing? Touch base with him. He's doing, doing well. 859, I get a text from Troy Kinzer saying, hey, could you pray for us? We're getting ready to take Elsie off to college. Um, would you pray? Absolutely. So I prayed for them. Um, 9 o'clock, Donna Cudworth. You know, she shows up faithfully, and we spend the next hour praying together, just a myriad of prayers for each other, for you all. It's just a wonderful time. Fast forward to the afternoon. I don't have the exact hours and minutes anymore. You know, that stuff was just on my phone and in my calendar, so I can tell you that stuff. But um, anyhow, I'm getting ready to, to make the road trip to Baltimore. And uh, so I, I start praying, and, you know, I'm praying, Lord, just... Help me stay awake. Help me stay alert. Because if any of you know me very well, I get some of my best sleep when I'm driving. <laughs> and 81 and 66 are not good. You can't, they're just not straightaways where you can lock your elbows, right? <laughs> like, I've done that in Georgia. But anyhow, that, so I'm praying, like, just keep me awake. Keep me alert. Then I, I'm praying. I've been having some stomach issues, if, if some of you guys know what I mean. And uh, I have this fear of using public toilets, and I also have this fear of crap in my pants. And so, <laughs> so like, I'm praying, like, Lord, spare me this humiliation. <laughs> and guess what? God was gracious. He actually answered yes, and so it all went well, if you were wondering. So I'm just, I'm prayerful, like, pray about anything. I'm not kidding it. So then, then I'm heading up the road, and I come to Harrisburg, and this glorious university, James Madison University, flanks my left and my right, and I just give thanks to God. Yeah, I'm like, Lord, thanks for this great university. Thanks for the, the way that you use this university and the people there to impact my life over the years. And, and then I pray this, this age-old prayer. I'm like, Lord, why would anybody choose to go to Virginia Tech? <laughs> over JMU, and it's silent. Like, even God is stumped on that prayer. He has no idea why somebody would do that. Anyhow, we continue on the way. Now I'm on 66, and I see this, this truck and a trailer behind him pulled over on the side of the road, and got a flat tire, and they're, they're changing the tire on the trailer, and I'm praying, God, do you want me to stop? And I notice as I'm coming up on him that the guy's just about done. He, he's tightening the lug nuts, and he's got a coworker there. And uh, I, I just thank God that he's not alone. 
you know, it's no fun being alone on the side of an interstate. And so I thank God. Thank you, Lord, that he has this coworker there with him. Thank you, Lord, that he had a spare for his trailer. Thank you, Lord, that I don't have to stop and help him. You know, pray about anything. And so then I continue on. Then I'm praying for Andrew. Um, so he's, trans he's been in Germany for over three years, and he's married. They have three girls, and he's coming back here, and uh, he's going to be here for the next two years in Raleigh, and I'm just praying for his transition, right? I'm praying for his flight. Uh, I'm praying for his wife who, and the girls who can't come yet because they're still waiting on paperwork, passports, visas, things of that nature. I'm praying for that time of separation, the challenge that that's going to be and the difficulty. I'm praying for God to knit their hearts together, that, that this time away will actually bring them together. And so I'm praying all sorts of prayers for them. Then uh, I, I get to BWI, and, and as I'm coming in, I'm praying, where should I park? You know, they have that cellular parking that's free, and I'm cheap. And so I'm thinking, should I just go to the cellular place and just wait for him to call? And then I sense like God saying, no, I want you to actually pay and go park. And so I do. And so I do that. And then, I, then I'm praying, Lord, do you want me to just stay in the car? I could maybe get a little sleep, you know, be rested. Or do you want me to go inside and wait? I felt like he said, get up and go inside and wait. And so I do. And so he's landed. Now I'm praying, Lord, reunite him with his luggage, reunite him with his luggage, right? And he's waiting and waiting. Then he's got to go through customs. And for the next hour and 40 minutes, I'm praying for patience. I'm praying for peace. And then here comes my boy. And I just pray prayers of thanksgiving for bringing my boy back. And then I'm praying, you know, for wisdom to know what do I say what do I not say to him? What questions do I ask? I'm, I'm praying for our, our time together for the next four plus hours in the car, that it would be rich. And then I pull in the driveway, and I just thank God for bringing me home safely and bringing my boy home. See, that's just one day, and that's not all the prayers that I prayed, but, but you get a sense of what it could look like to pray continually, to pray about anything, anywhere at any time, right? And, and I need to learn to, to be even better about that. But hopefully that's helpful to some of you who, who struggle to figure out what does this look like practically? Now, again, the Bible is a great place to start, to look at some of these specific prayers you can pray. I encourage you to do that. There are lots of other good books on prayer out there. I just brought a couple for you, because it's also important to, to teach our children this, because a lot of us are struggling. So here's a book. It's a children's book, Anytime, Any Place, and Any Prayer. I would commend this to you if you have children. Maybe you pick one of these up, and you begin to just read through it with your children. And I'm not kidding. This is probably more beneficial to you than it would be to them, but it's, it's even got pictures, which for most of us, we like pictures. You know, it's memorable. But anyhow, maybe that's a place to start. Uh, praying Scripture, like I talked about the Psalms, Beth Moore has a good book, Praying God's Word and, and showing you how to practically do that. That could be an, an option. There's, 
the power of a praying parent, the power of a praying spouse. There's lots of books on prayer. There's these little, there's a, I got this from the Trouts. Here's a field guide for daily prayer. It's just a little booklet. We have the book of common prayer that I have up here on, on the table, and it, it gives you the daily office. It gives you prayers to pray in the morning, midday, evening, takes you through the scriptures. Lots of different options out there to help you learn to be a prayerful person, to pray continually. Take advantage of them. So here's my challenge for us today. Seek to be more prayerful. Seek to be more prayerful. That means learn to listen for the prompting of the Holy Spirit and be willing to act. Be willing to act. And I know that's scary. I know that's scary, but if you're willing to act in response to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, I'm willing to bet that those are going to be the times that you cherish most in your life. Those are going to be the stories that you tell over and over and over again. I, I want to challenge us to set aside specific times during our days just to pray, to talk to God, and more importantly, to listen to God. Because prayer is about what we do. It's about how we live. And we're called to pray about anything, anywhere, and anytime. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you that um, you're teaching me, and I hope that you're teaching others what it means to pray continually. And I thank you that, that you care that you want us to pray continually. We are not a bother. Again, you're always listening, always ready to respond. And, and may that be true of us. May we be always listening and always ready to respond as well. Help us, Lord, to be more intentional. Help us to be more open. And help us to be more obedient. And Lord, I thank you that as we become more prayerful, I, I believe we're going to be more joyful and more thankful as well. So thank you that this is your will for us in Christ Jesus. We ask it all in his name. Amen.